everybody. Welcome to another episode of ATP Ask the Pastor. Pastor Sullivan here at Holy Cross Lutheran Church, Kerrville, Texas. Today's question, someone writes, Dear Pastor, could you, could, could you please explain 1 John 5, 7, and 8, the Spirit, the water, and the blood? All right, so let's take a look at the text first. St. John writes in 1 John 5, 6 through 8, This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree as one. Why, then, does Jesus need three witnesses? And what is the testimony of these three witnesses? Well, the reason for three witnesses is that this is what God has ordained in his word. So in Mosaic law, uh, two or three witnesses were necessary to prove the truth of an accusation against someone. The rule appears in Deuteronomy 17.6 and in Deuteronomy 19.15. St. Paul writes in uh, Hebrews 10.28, anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. In the New Testament uh, as well, Jesus upholds the necessity of two or three witnesses in Matthew 18, 16, and so does St. Paul in 2 Corinthians 13, 1. Jesus says uh, in John 5, 31 to 37, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another who bears witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesses is of me is true. You have sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Yet I do not receive the testimony from man, but I say these things that you may be saved. He was the burning and shining lamp, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his light. But I have a greater witness than John's. For the works which the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do, bear witness of me, that the Father has sent me. And the Father himself, who sent me, has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his form. So Jesus has three witnesses besides himself that testify to the truth of his word. The first is the forerunner, John the Baptist. The second witness isn't a person, uh, but it's Jesus' divine works. And then the third witness is God the Father himself, who witnessed to Christ's identity at Jesus' baptism when he said in Matthew 3.17, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Just as Jesus' second witness wasn't a person, but his, his works, St. John uses two inanimate objects as witnesses that agree with the testimony of the Holy Spirit. So when do we see water and blood in the life of Jesus? Well, Jesus came by means of water in baptism, revealing himself as the Son of God, as the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. He came by means of blood at his crucifixion, uh, where he shed his blood, which cleanses us from all sin, as John says in uh, 1 John 1, 7. And to the witness then of water and blood, Jesus adds the ultimate one bearing testimony, the Holy Spirit. This is the one to whom Jesus said in John 5, 26, he will testify of me. And John writes, it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is truth, since Jesus calls him the Spirit of truth, who will guide you into all truth. He says that in John 16, 13. So the Holy Spirit is ever 
testifying, always testifying to the truth that Jesus is the eternal Son of God in human flesh, and that Jesus has died for the propitiation uh, to pay for the sins of the entire world, so that whoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3.16. Now, English translations that are based on the Textus Receptus, uh, like the KJV, NKJV, and the MEV, they include in these verses what scholars call the Johannine uh, comma. Now, now, comma is a technical term, meaning a, a single phrase or sense line. The comma consists of the phrase, For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. Now, most scholars deny the comma's authenticity, partly because it appears uh, in no ancient Greek manuscript of the New Testament. It appears in eight manuscripts that, pan that span from the uh, 10th to the 16th century. Uh, the comma appears uh, as a variant reading in the margins of four of those manuscripts. It appeared quite early, though, however, in the Latin West. Uh, in the first, it's first quoted by Priscillian. Uh, who died in 385 A.D. Uh, when Erasmus compiled the Textus Receptus, you know, none of his Greek manuscripts contained the Johannine comma, and, and he, so he didn't include it in his first two editions of the Greek New Testament. Now, that means Luther, who used the first edition, uh, didn't include it in his German Bible. Uh, Luther commented on the comma <laughs> several times during his life, but the one that's most accessible to us uh, is his lecture on 1 John. And there he said, the Greek books do not have these words, but this verse seems to have been inserted by the Catholics because of the Arians, yet not aptly. For wherever John speaks about the witnesses, he speaks about those on earth, not about those in heaven. Now, Johannes Bugenhagen, he was uh, Luther's pastor and, and a fellow reformer there in Wittenberg. Uh, he followed Luther, uh, and he even thought that the comma uh, was an Arian insertion, so that, that they inserted it. Uh, into 1 John. Um, now, Philip Melanchthon then, he, he believed in its authenticity. He used it in his theological commonplaces as a scriptural witness uh, to the Trinity. Today, however, uh, the consensus is, is against the comma. Th there are scholars who defend it, or at least defend the plausibility of the comma. And so lacking external evidence from Greek manuscripts, defenders of the comma have to rely upon internal evidence, meaning uh, the grammatical relation of the comma to its immediate context. And so it's observed uh, that the participle bear witness or, or testify is masculine in gender, while the nouns spirit, water, and blood are neuter. Now, defenders of the comma's plausibility argue that father and word, which are both masculine and gender, are the reason for the masculine participle bear witness in verse 7. The participle functions as an adjective that modifies the three following nouns, the first two of which are masculine, the father and the word. Now, scholars who deny the authenticity of the comma then claim that the participle may be masculine since John has personified water and blood by turning them into witnesses. Um, so although it seems apparent that the comma isn't part of the original text, it's still something uh, that we should address. Uh, Johann Gerhard, a Lutheran theologian who held the authentic to the authenticity of the comma, uh, he applied the witness of these words to uh, the witness of the triune God at Jesus' baptism. And so Gerhard had this to say, The opening of heaven was a public warning, not only regarding the heavenly origins of this person and of his teaching, that he would again join the things that are in heaven and on earth and would again open heaven to believers, but also regarding the solemnity 
and truth of this theophany, um, that the voice given from heaven and heard publicly is the voice of the Father in heaven, and that the dove descending from the open part of heaven is the Spirit of God. To this, the words of 1 John 5, 7 can be applied. There are three who give witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit. That is, uh, there are three witnesses, divine and heavenly in nature, who revealed themselves at the baptism of Christ with external and visible symbols. Gerhard also then applied the uh, threefold earthly witness to the blood and water that came from Christ's pierced side uh, and to the word and sacraments. This was in his 17th sermon on Christ's passion. Uh, he said these bear witness to Christ's death, but they also continue to bear witness to Christ. The Spirit testifies to Christ in the word, uh, in the water of holy baptism, and in the blood given under the bread and uh, or under the wine, excuse me, in the Lord's Supper. So the gospel and the sacraments then are testimonies that God, for Christ's sake, accepts us into grace and cleanses us from sin. And God shows uh, his superabundant grace by using three witnesses. That's how earnestly he desires that we believe in the gospel for the forgiveness of sins and everlasting life for Christ's sake. So, that's 1 John 5, 6 through 8. Uh, why three witnesses? Because that's the way that God ordained things uh, in the scripture. But also then we see in that uh, how God is giving us a superabundance of witnesses so that we may be led to faith in Christ Jesus um, through the Spirit, the water, and the blood. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And we will see you next time on ATP Ask the Pastor.